uh, welcome to General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of our living prophets, apostles, and chosen leaders. I've loved listening to podcasts about Come Follow Me, and I saw a need for a podcast centered around the General Conference talks. Um, I'm not a scholar, I'm not an expert, I'm a 20-something who just simply adores the gospel. The things I discuss are my opinions. Um, As one of my favorite podcasts, At Last She Said It, often says, your mileage may vary. In addition to my connections and thoughts, I will include a list of questions at the end of every episode as a place to start with your own deeper study of each talk. And I hope this podcast will be a jumping off point as you apply these principles to your life. In that spirit, I invite you to read and study today's talk before listening to this episode. Listen for what the Lord is saying to you personally. Then come join me for a beautiful discussion together. Hello? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, we're good. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Sorry, I didn't mute my microphone, and then I didn't mute my computer, so... I can still hear myself. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, make sure I can actually hear you. Well, I am here with Morgan. Hello. <clears throat> My second guest. Yes. I'm very excited. Very excited. So, um, I mentioned on my last episode that I was going to have Morgan on, and I was very excited to have Morgan on because <clears throat> we love talking about the gospel. So this is going to be true. going to be a conversation. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Uh, do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself? Oh, um, I gotta think. I am twenty-five. I um, work with children for a living. Many children. Um, lots of children's. I just started helping out in kindergarten classes this year. It's been six days, and oh boy, do I have stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been working with kindergartners just for a couple of days now, but I really like it. And then I've been working um, with the developmentally disabled community for like seven and a half years. So that's been a really big part of my life and 
Um, I love that. Love the people I've worked with. Um, I am a big believer in quality baseball teams. Space and Dutch Bros coffee. <laughs> I survive weird. off of their energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. What else should I say? Um, oh, I'm a very proud dog mom. Yes. Yes, you mm-hmm. are. Yes, it's true. Yes. My dog. His name is Bryce, and he's chilling here with me. He's a cutie. He's a cutie. It's chill. So, yeah, so Morgan and I met when I was on my mission in Mesa. Yep. Um, she... lived in one of the wards I served in for like six months and and then when I moved back to Mesa for a few months after my mission um I lived with her and her family uh her and her parents so that was super fun it's like nine months See, you met your husband on your mission, and you met your best friend on your mission. Like, I know. It was your great. mission just went in for you. God wanted me to go to Mesa or something. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, no way. Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> it's pretty good. <clears throat> it, was, it, was, it was okay. It was all right. It was fine. Um, I was going to say something. Uh-huh. Oh, and then like a year ago now, uh-huh. I don't remember how. When did we start member monologues? Oh, um, been over a year. Been over a year. Yeah, we started an Instagram account together um, about a year ago, which we need to post on. <laughs> um, yeah. About church stuff and yeah. church culture, and also like our favorite parts of doctrine and um, the gospel and yeah. all sorts of stuff. So we have had many a gospel conversations. Um, and even before that, and apart from member monologues, yeah. we just like to talk about the gospel. It's true. About come follow me and conference talks and yes, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, um, this is right up our alley. Yeah, literally. Oh, I guess another thing. I have another podcast. You have a podcast. I have my yes, own podcast. You do separate from you. Um, that me and my brother do. It's and it's really fun. <laughs> I've been on it, so you know. You know, it's uh, (laughs) you ask, we laugh, and people ask us random questions. It's (laughs) hilarious. It's it is really fun to do. I will put that in the show notes and stuff. Okay, thanks. You know, just a little selfish plug. It's fine. It's whatever. It's fine. (laughs) So, um, oh, I'm on the wrong talk. That's awkward. Oh, I should probably. I like logged me out of my account again, and I didn't uh, get back on the right. Can I? My notes should come up on my LDS.org account, right? Yeah, you just log in and your notes and your highlights will. <clears throat> I just realized that I should probably do that on my computer so it's easier to see. Yeah, um, I think you know my story of trying to do it on my phone while recording, yep. and then it deleted everything, so... Yeah, let's not repeat that today. No. 
<laughs> no, no. I'm yeah. tempted to do it every once in a while because I'm like, oh, I don't want to take my laptop into another room and I don't want to set up and I don't want to whatever. And then I <laughs> like, remember losing 39 minutes of recording and I'm like, okay, it's worth it. Fair. Uh, while you pull it up, <clears throat> so today's talk we're talking about is um, For God So Loved Us by Elder Ringwood. Um, Saturday, or sorry, Sunday morning session. Um, and this is a really, really good talk. I really like this talk a lot. Um, and of course, I, as I always say, I encourage you to listen to or read the talk before you listen to our episode, um, so that you can start out with some of your own thoughts and questions. Maybe we can add to it a little bit as we talk. But I wanted to ask you, Morgan, hmm. why did you choose this talk specifically? Oh, um, I mean, there are so many good um, conference talks this past conference. Um, but I really like this one um, just because it just really talks about how much that God loves us, like. I have a cool highlights in here that I'm sure we'll get to, like, but it really just talks about how, like, our heavenly parents just love us, and that's it. Like, there's no condition, there's no anything, it's just their love is there because we are us. And I just really love that, because I think a lot of times, um, like, in Christianity in general, it's very much like I feel like we throw so much into that and it's such a simple simple concept of like they love us and that's it. Like there doesn't need to be anything else for their them to love us. Right. And so I just really like that sentiment in this talk a lot. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I also just something that I've noticed as I've recorded these episodes and actually like tried to pick out themes and um, like common threads there has been a huge emphasis on the atonement of Jesus Christ and I'm sure there always is in conference um, but this one specifically a lot of it has just been like about the the power of Christ's atonement and like how mm-hmm. we can use that in our lives and this one this talk talks about the exact same thing of like this was god's plan this is god's plan the atonement is god's plan and it's for everybody like literally everybody oh yeah um gosh making so much noise over there i'm sorry i have dropped a few things while recording this i'm so sorry (laughs) i promise i don't mean to (laughs) You're fine. <clears throat> um, like I feel like the whole talk is summed up in it's a very big the one of one of the very first paragraphs says, but this is not a blanket catch-all hit or miss sort of plan. It is personal, set forth by a loving heavenly Father who knows our hearts, our names, and what He needs us to do. Which I think is. Oh, yeah. And that's an understatement. Um, 
because I know how personal the plan is for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we don't always talk about the atonement that way. We're just like, oh, yes, the atonement saves everybody. And you're like, no, but yes, but it also, like, personally yeah. for you, Jesus is for Well, you. I think we get that way in the church a lot because we talk about the atonement so openly a lot. Yeah. That we forget that it is specific. So the atonement in someone else's life is not going to look the same way that it looks in your life. Because it is personal. And I think we tend to um, make it a blend. Instead of like actually the power behind it. Yeah. Well, that's something I learned a lot on my mission. And that I loved teaching people on my mission. And that I love reminding people all the time <laughs> is that, like, we also, I think we also think about that when, like, the actual act of the atonement, like, in Gethsemane and on the cross. And sometimes we're like, yeah, he felt the pains and sins of the whole world. I think sometimes we forget to be like, and he felt the pin- pains and sins of you. Yeah. Every affliction you've ever ever experienced and will ever experience in the exact way that you will experience it because my anxiety is different than your anxiety is different than my husband's mental health is different than literally everybody else right even though our anxieties are very similar we still (laughs) we have different lives (laughs) (laughs) eerily we have different experiences we have different home lives we have different childhoods we have different lives now. Even when we lived together for nine months, we were having different experiences. Right. Because we're different people. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, the power of that was really cool to be like, I don't know what you're feeling. Yeah. But he does. And I can mm-hmm. promise you that he does because I know that he does. Right. And it was really empowering for me to be able to say that to people because I like to fix things. <clears throat> and <laughs> it's empowering for those people and comforting. Me. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm laughing because we both like to fix problems. We like to fix problems. And we like to fix each other's. This is accurate. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like sitting across from somebody who had a horrible, horrible thing, something horrible happened to them that I cannot relate to in the least. Yeah. But I'm an empathetic person, and so <clears throat> I feel it anyway. And knowing that I can't fix it, but I can be like, hey, but there is somebody who knows exactly. Not like you went through this kind of sort of the same thing and they can relate, which is also good, like right. also healthy and so validating. But knows exactly what it feels like to be in your body yeah. right now. And the fear and like the anxiety and the joy and the like. Well, and I think one really cool thing that. No, not I think. I know a cool thing about the atonement is that we often talk about how the savior like meets us where we're at. That's not true. He went lower than what we're at because he went further so he would know, like, that it won't ever, you like, you won't feel this low. So I'm going to feel this low so you don't have to ever. 
I remember when I was in MTC, my MTC teacher said that it's almost the exact same thing because he used the the pit example uh-huh. like you're in a pit and you you know climb to where you can you know you do all that you can do and then Christ lowers a rope for the rest of the way and pulls you out and I had heard that I had been taught that in my youth classes and he was like that's wrong that's just mm-hmm. straight up wrong and I was like what and he was like no Christ is the ladder like he's in the pit with you. Yeah. He's not waiting for you to do just enough that he's gonna, I guess, pull you out. No, he's like, he is the way out. He is the way out of the pit. And we still have to climb, we still have to do our part, but yeah. like he is always the way out of the pit. I think can I make like a small little analogy? Yes. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, like I've started working with kindergartners and I realize we are really big. And sometimes we have to solve our own problems. Ah, yes. So like if a kid pushes us on the playground, we go, we use our big boy or big girl words and go, hey, I don't like it when you push me. I, you know, or I don't like it when you say this or, you know, whatever. And I was helping a little boy today. and <laughs> It was so cute. Well, I wasn't helping him. He was talking to me. And, um. We were cutting out, so it's been like a rainbow week because we're learning our colors. So today was rainbow day, so you could wear your favorite color or like rainbow shirt, dress, whatever you want. And this little boy came to the table that we were working at where we were cutting out like colors from magazines to like uh, hang up in the classroom and I was asking him what their favorite colors were. And he looked at me and he's like, Miss Morgan, what's your favorite color? And I was like, oh, hey, no one's asked me that today. Thanks for asking. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, it's purple. And he was like, oh, cool. Mine's yellow. I'm like, that is so awesome. What did I do? For the rest of like the 20 minutes I was in class, I kept saying green was his favorite color. (laughs) Even though he had just told me it was yellow. So promise there is still come back around <laughs> they went and um I had them all sit on the rug and I was having them line up to go to recess and I was like we had our lovely other assistant and I was like hey Miss Ann what is your favorite color and she's like oh my favorite color is pink and so I was like cool all of our friends with pink go line up you know and like get them excited and I like looked at this kid and I was like hey I just learned that our friend's favorite color is green Anyone with green on them can go line up. But he just gave me this look. And I was like, hey, dude, you have green on your shirt. And he was like, yeah, okay. He walks over. And as he's walking across the hallway, he goes like and whispers. And he puts his hand up to his mouth. He's like, and just remember that my favorite color isn't green. It's yellow. And I was like, (laughs) oh, my goodness. I am so sorry, friend. Right? And um, he came up to me later at lunch and he and um was talking about something else and I was like hey friend I'm sorry I forgot your favorite color is yellow he looked at me he's like that's okay sometimes we make mistakes he's like but I can be here to help you remember and it was so cute and so I um was thinking about that earlier and I was like you know what that's kind of like Christ like this kind of like yeah he's gonna let me figure it out on my own like he's gonna but he's gonna be there across the like classroom going like just so you know it's yeah. not green <laughs> but I think and like 
I think kindergartens put that in a lot of perspective for me. I mean, my other job does too, but um, where we love when we see independence from them and we want them to do it, but we are there in a split second if they need us to be. And just like this little kid is there in a split second to remind me that his favorite color is yellow <laughs> and not green. Um, it's kind of like the same way, like the savior is there. He never, he never leaves. Like we never leave our kindergartners right. or I never leave my clients, but he's silent enough sometimes to let us try and figure it out. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So I'm writing through my, the one, my notes so that I know where I am. You're good. So he starts off. I mean, the whole thing, obviously, is about the atonement. He starts <laughs> off talking about John 316. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love these, like, the first time I noticed this verse, I wasn't at church. I was watching a sporting event <laughs> on TV. <laughs> because no matter what station I watched and no matter what game it was, at least one person held a sign that read John 3.16. And then he says he also likes verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mm-hmm. Um which I think should also be quoted when we talk about John 3.16 now, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I love, I just, I don't know, I love that, like, reminder of, like, it's not because he hates you. It's not because, oh, you made a mistake, so I guess we have to send Christ. Like, no, um, the whole point in the first place was that we were going to yeah. make mistakes. And right. Okay. Um. And then he talks about, well, it being an, like the, the quote I read earlier, um, he knows our hearts, our names, and what he needs us to do. And he gives a couple examples of um, God and Christ talking mm. to people in the scriptures by their first name mm. or calling them my son or um, like with Moses Abraham, I also love that he threw some women in there and talked about Esther. Yeah. And um, the servant to um, Naaman's wife, mm-hmm. which we have. The servant to Naaman's wife is talked about twice in this conference. So that was interesting. Yeah. I can't remember who else talks about her. I want to say it was one of the women speakers in, in women's session. I think I'm wrong. Anyway, but um, no, it wasn't it was somebody else, but I can't remember who it was. But I love that story. That And they point out, they're like, um, yeah, he bathed in the river because of his servants being like, um, if he had asked you something super simple or, you know, whatever, you would have done it or some grand thing, you would have done it. But they're like, but he wouldn't have even made it to the prophet if it wasn't for a servant girl who mentioned hey um my lord's pretty cool and our prophet's pretty cool you should try with him yeah so um and they talked about joseph yeah i just saw it's gonna be really random (laughs) i decided joseph and take the color dream coat for the first time in my life nice and um, because the town we live in does um, puts on really, really, really good community theater productions every year. Oh, that's awesome. 
and during the summer they do it's like semi-professional because they have a bunch of theater students come from like Lethbridge and even Calgary I think they come down and um, live here for the summer and they do stuff so this year they did a couple and then they did so Joseph and the Technicolor Gym Coat was a community production they'd done in like the winter or something like that and they did mm-hmm. on performances over the summer and so you saw it and I've never seen him um Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Gym Coat before but we had just learned about it in the Old Testament so I knew the story and it's a really goofy musical every song is done in a different style they have one that's um old western style (laughs) and it's all of joseph's brothers telling um jacob that joseph died while wearing cowboy hats and dancing around (laughs) with cactuses it's great um cacti i'm sorry it's a pet peeve you know this I know. I'm sorry. And I'm an English person. It's fine. <laughs> Octopuses. Um. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway, so this is very off topic. And anyway, so he talks about how Joseph's life parallels that of Jesus Christ because he forgives his brothers, and. Um, I really love this quote. It says, whether we need to receive forgiveness or extend it, at some point we all need to do both. Joseph's example points us to the Savior, the true source of healing and reconciliation. And it reminded me of a quote from... It was another talk in this conference. I literally just did it a few weeks ago. Maybe it was like last week. Um, Along the same lines of like, whether you're sinning or not sinning or you're trying to forgive someone or trying somebody's trying to forgive you like all these stories are supposed to that was what it was about okay it was about the woman taking an adultery and he was like it was one of the women in women's conference she talked about like we don't know this woman's whole story we don't know the whole story of any really a whole lot of the story of any of the people that Jesus interacts with and sometimes we use that little like four verses that we get (laughs) about a miracle in the New Testament and we make a lot of assumptions about people we think they're all good or they're all bad um and she's like we we don't know we don't know all of her story we don't know how she got into the situation we don't know a whole lot of what happens after um but the purpose of those stories isn't to be like, oh, this person's bad and this person's good. It's to point to the savior and know that through the savior, right, be good. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts? I feel like I'm talking about. No, you're good. I just don't like. I know you have kind of a a game plan, but there was one quote. Like there's, I have a couple highlighted quotes throughout this talk. Um, but one I think that we already passed. If you don't mind me backtracking a tiny yeah, bit, yeah, go for it. Um, and one of like one, two, three, like the seventh paragraph. 
He says, brothers and sisters, we are the focus of Heavenly Father's plan and the reason for our Savior's mission. Each of us is individual. Each of us individually is their work and their glory. I think that's just like such a powerful statement. And we've already been talking about it. So like, we don't need to like dive any deeper, but it's just such a powerful statement of like, hey, this is it. Here you go. If anyone was confused, you no longer should be because <laughs> literally, you know, that that's it. Like That is the thing. That is the plan. That is the uh, whole focus. That is the reason. I think that goes along with kind of the next thing he goes, talks about is he talks about um, Judah and Benjamin. And which I think is cool because I don't think we always talk about Joseph's other siblings very often. We usually just talk about Joseph. Yeah. No, I really like this story. It's a good story. Yeah. So he talks about Judah. And so, um, <coughs> I'm trying to remember the whole story. Anyway, because didn't they, they left Benjamin behind before, right? Yeah. Um, when they went the first time to get food and then Joseph was like, um, bring back your other brother and I'll yes, give you food. They went to go get food and Joseph sent them back away and then they brought their brother Benjamin. Yes. And so Judah was like, um, I have to take Benjamin and Jacob's like, um, excuse you, no. That's right. not happening. And he's like, I promise that he will come back. Like, I promise. And so when they bring him back, Benjamin's wrongly accused of stealing something from Joseph. And Benjamin, um, or sorry, Judah, offered to be put in prison in Benjamin's place. And he mm. says, for how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? And and then this would, I highlighted this because it made me very happy. No matter who you are or your current circumstances, someone feels exactly this way about you. Someone wants to return to Heavenly Father with you. Yeah, that was the other main one yep. that I had highlighted as well. It's so good. And I think it goes along with what you were saying about, like, we are Heavenly Father and Christ's plan. We are their work and their glory. And so other people should be our work and our glory. Loving God and loving our neighbor cannot happen without the other like they are mutually yeah. exclusive <laughs> they're not right. mutually, like they happen they are dependent on each other when we're loving god if we love god we're gonna love his children right love his children we're gonna love god like you can't separate them yeah and so i love like the rest of his talk talks about this of our he calls them our benjamins which i think is really cute <laughs> of the, like we all have those people in our lives that we don't want to leave behind yeah and that we want to be happy and that we want to well ultimately come back to heavenly father with us um but to yeah. find like peace and joy and safety in this life as well mm -hmm. for sure <clears throat> um yeah i i think it's I know it's just such a powerful thing. Like, yeah. and I sit here and sometimes I think about on Sunday during the sacrament, I was thinking about how, about like who 
like when we pass on like who I'm going to get to see and who's going to be there. And I thought of very specific people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I, when I reread this quote, I felt that because I'm like, yeah, there are people I feel exactly this way about that I want to go back to Heavenly Father with. Like, I want to make sure that they are there with me because if they aren't, that would be awful. That would be so awful. And to think that others feel that way about me is kind of flabbergasting, to be honest. That's fair. We had the elders over for dinner a few months ago, and their message at the end um, was really cool. And I remember what they shared. They had us do an activity where it was just me and my husband and the elders. We all like, sat and we closed our eyes, and we thought about going to the temple. And we live um, in Cardston, so we have the, the temple literally 15 minutes away from us by walking um and so they described like walking into the cardston temple and there's a fountain when you walk inside you go up to the recommend desk and you give them your recommend and you go in and you go through the endowment ceremony and you go and sit in the celestial room and they're like and you're pondering and you're pondering about being in the temple and going through the endowment whatever he's like and he's like then i want you to look around and who would you hope to be there who would you love to have in the slush room with you and um and their invitation was really cool because they were like we don't want to know who it is unless unless you want to involve the missionaries now we can you know find somebody in their area or we can reach out to them if they're here or whatever but we invite you to think of a way to better love that person in your life Mm. which I adored I loved that invitation and so I've done that I've not been doing very good at it but it's I've been better at it the last few months um of the people that I saw there in the celestial room wanting to like have better relationships with them and you know bring them along with me whether they end up coming back to church or not Mm-hmm. Whether, whatever um the last talk that i talked about the last episode was about the love share and invite talk mm. by elder stevenson and i absolutely adored that talk and um morgan whenever you get around to listening to it it's like 50 minutes long and usually my episodes are around 30 35 so you know <laughs> i went off about missionary work <clears throat> Well, naturally. Shocking, I know. (laughs) (laughs) My mind is blown. (laughs) Such a thought. I know. Um, But I talked about specifically, like, how easy missionary work is and how hard we make it. Oh, 100%. And that was, I mean, that was his whole point of the whole thing. He was like, yeah. it's, it's, you're probably already doing it. And also, this is an initiative from the church. This is not a new program that you have to follow. This is not a check the box kind of thing. This is how you should be living your life. Well, and I think you and I have gone off about missionary work so many times. Yes. Is 
we make it so complicated because we think missionary work is seeing baptisms. Yep. We think missionary work is seeing people go to the temple, which those are great things. Don't get me right. wrong. I love that for people that get to eventually do that if they want to. But all missionary work is, is making sure that people come closer to Christ because they can feel his love. That's it. That's all missionary work is. So if you are being a kind human being and like generously helping people out to the best of your ability, you're literally doing missionary work. Whether you have a conversation about God with them or not. Right. Because not everybody shows that kind of love. Well, the chances the, of them feeling the savior is so much higher. That was the quote that I shared for that episode was, whenever we show Christ-like love toward our neighbor, we preach the gospel, even if we yep. don't a single word. Yes. And I just, like, I can't say it any better than that. Like that. Right. And we do it. And he goes on to say, Elder Stevenson's, he's like, we don't we don't do this without for expecting anything like we would love if they were baptized and came to the temple but we should be doing it out of genuine love because yeah we genuinely love people <laughs> like well and i think an important thing about missionary work is too is you're not doing it for numbers yes you're not and i mean i think we've all heard the the rant about statistics and people being treated as numbers and and different things. I mean, I can even say I've been, I've felt like a number. I mean, I was inactive for about a year and a half, a couple of years ago. And I was trying to figure some things out. And there were just, there was certain people who I just felt like absolute garbage around because the only reason they wanted me to come back was so their number could go back up. And I said, why would I want to come back to a place where all you want me for is a number, not because I'm a person? Who would want that? Nobody. The Savior wouldn't even want that. The Savior would be like, uh, no, try again. <laughs> he would do what we do to our kindergartners when they run through the hall. We go, turn around, walk back, and try again and walk. I can just see the Savior being like, go drop them back up at home and then try again. Like, <clears throat> that's not how we do it. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I feel like I'm repeating myself from my episode, my last episode, but it's okay. Um, one of the questions I had written down was um, Oh, I lost it. Sorry. You're good. was who in your life is your Benjamin? I mean, we all a lot of people in our lives who are our Benjamins. Yeah. Um, But I'm sure there's always somebody that we're specifically worried about and not even just in like a spiritual testimony way, but just like worried about in general. Yeah. Worried about that you know that they're happy and that oh yeah you know that you would that you would lay your lay your life down for right quite literally um 
so I mean that's kind of more of a rhetorical question but that's right my that's a good a good question to ponder though yeah who is your Benjamin who in your life and and what what can you do for them it's right um and it could be super simple like I talked about that in my last episode it could be super simple as it's as simple as like inviting them over for dinner or sending a text or giving them cookies or you know which sound also cliche and I'm just gonna take cookies to them but it works (laughs) like that is how you make people feel that's how you make people feel not like a, a number. It's oh, yeah. not, oh, I'm coming because I have to. Because <clears throat> I, feel like I should bring cookies to you, I guess. But it's like, no, I'm genuinely yeah. like, concerned about you. And I think about one of my favorite stories from this conference was, I think it was Sister, Sister Bingham. She tells the story of the lady bring, taking um, ice cream over to the lady in her ward. And she felt prompted to take the ice cream over. And she's like, no, this is stupid. I don't even know her. This is weird. And so she's like, okay, I'll go and I'll take ice cream. Because, you know, at least I'll have something to give her when I go. Yeah. And they end up sitting and talking for like hours. <clears throat> and her ice cream melts. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Your ice cream melts. And the lady's like, it's okay. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> and she's like, oh. <laughs> and... Uh, so she said she like did it like does the ice cream matter in the story no what matters is she, she went over and she listened and they had a really great conversation and she felt loved and she felt seen like that's yeah important. oh absolutely and yeah. I think that's one thing I've learned um I feel like you've learned too but correct me if I'm wrong is that's what the atonement is is because of the atonement I feel seen and I feel heard when there's a lot of instances where I don't feel either of those things in the world and in life in general, but that's, that's what the personal power of the atonement means to me is feeling seen and feeling heard. I had, um, I went to the temple this past week for ward temple night and, um, we kind of split up. So like some of us on the committee will go to, and the endowment, some will do this. And so there's kind of like people in different sections of the temple. Right. And I did initiatories, and there didn't happen to be anybody that did initiatories that night. So I went up to the slush room and sat in there for like an hour, almost an hour and a half by myself with no one else from the ward there. And it was so nice. And um, I didn't realize how much I needed that time to ponder by myself until I was there. And, um, and I'm the type of person that can sit in there for hours, hours and hours. Um, but eventually... Some people from our ward that had done ceilings had come up and this girl sat next to me and she leaned over and she hugged me and we talked for a second. And this is someone I know in our ward, but like we don't talk very much, like kind of a thing. Um, and then she kind of like pondered for a minute and prayed and leaned over and hugged again. And she's like, okay, I'm going to take off. I was like, okay. And she looked at me and she's just like, you're so great. And I was like, oh, thanks. And she's like, no, really. She's like, I know I don't talk to you very much when I see you on Sunday or like on Sundays, but she looked at me straight in the eyes and she's like, but I see you. And she's like, and you are a fantastic human being and you are doing so. And then she left and I bawled like a child because I felt so seen 
and understood by my heavenly father like more than I like express at the time and like that was it she didn't do anything special but because she was there and because she talked to me and told me those things like that power of the atonement she helped the atonement affect me in a way that I couldn't have the atonement affect myself because it needed to come from somebody else at the time isn't that cool I'm sorry no it is so cool there was a I think it was President Eyring years ago gave a talk and it's one of my favorite quotes of all times he's like isn't it amazing that Heavenly Father trusts us enough to help his other children and I never thought about it that way until he said it and I was like whoa bro <laughs> you're like okay like, that's how much Heavy. trust he has in me to go help his other kids like no way and in this instance I was the kid that was helped by this woman in my ward who I deeply appreciated and it doesn't have it's not hard like we said like yeah well that goes the quote the next quote I was going to read is he says why does Heavenly Father's personalized plans for us include helping others return to him because this is how we become like Jesus Christ Mm-hmm. that it's not just like oh he trusts us like he's he's requiring it of us he's like no, no, no like i trust you and i want you to do it because i need you to be my hands on yeah. you i love this story and i'm sure some somebody <clears throat> there's a, a statue somewhere in europe of christ hmm. and during one of the world wars it, the place got bombed and the statue was fine but it lost its hands Christ's hands were blown off. And so they re- they reinstated the statue, they put it back up, and they put a, a a plaque on there that says something like, you need to be Christ's hands. Like, symbol, symbol- symbolically, oh, wow. he doesn't have hands. And I've always loved the um, analogy of, like, being Christ's hands and, like, Christ's hands in general because yeah, so many, so many symbol- symbols. <laughs> so many. But I especially love that one of like, yes, he is not physically here. Like he can, Christ and God can, you know, can um, affect the world, but they're not physically here. And so they can't go and clean up after a tornado. They can't go and bring food to people who need it. Um, They can't physically hug someone in the way that like I can go and hug you and but we can do that and that's pretty cool yeah okay. really cool mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and then kind of his last point I guess make sure I'm saying that correctly yes he talks about miracles and and he says, in Second Kings 4, the phrase, it fell on a day, is used three times to emphasize to me that important events happen according to God's timing, and no detail is too small for him. Which, of course, goes along with everything we've been talking about, everything he talked about. Right. That there is a personal plan for each of us. Yes. And because of that, no detail is too small. Um, I... 
remember so there's a sister that I was I was companions with who you know um she served in your ward before I got there mm-hmm. um and I'll never remember I'll never forget this story because it was so cool so her favorite weather this is very random her favorite weather is when it's sunny outside but it's raining like that's just like the coolest thing to her it's like her favorite thing she said it's so pretty and it's so crazy because it's raining but it's also sunny and I agree it's really interesting when it's not cloudy at all and yet it's pouring and you're like where the heck is this rain coming from I want you to know that happened today and I thought of her really yeah (laughs) I I think of that every once in a while and I'm just like oh I love you um but she told me about that once and she's like there was one day that on my mission she was talking I think she was talking to somebody we were teaching but she was biking home with her companion on a really rough day. They had had a cancellation or they'd been, I don't know, dropped or something like that. Like she had a really hard day. They were biking home and that happened as they were biking home. And she remembers like, I just stopped and I was like, okay, I, I, I get it. Like, I hear you. You see me. Yeah. Like you're saying, that's no detail is too small and she's like for somebody else that probably didn't even face them oh yeah i was like oh it's raining and it's sunny that's weird and they just went about their day but she's like for me that was huge i knew that god was talking to me yeah and that he wanted me to know that i was still doing a good job and that like he was there um and like we can be that for somebody else somebody else can be that for us yeah, I know we've absolutely. done that for each other a million times. <laughs> yes. You know, I've gotten texts from people out of the freaking blue. And I've texted people out of the blue. And they're like, wow, I really needed that today. And I'm like, cool. I just was thinking about you. Didn't realize that, like, I was going to, like, make your day. And the story he tells is really cool he talks about the guy who (laughs) he um uh his friend paul yes he was um going to school in germany and he met members of the church and he started talking to missionaries and then he got off his bus the next sunday and he noticed two guys dressed in white shirts and so he asked if they were elders of the church and they said yes and so he went to their service and he was they were asking people to stand up and like bear their testimonies and he got up and he was like i know that joseph smith is a prophet and the book of mormon is true and everybody was like what and he realized that he was at the wrong church (laughs) so he finally did find the church and he got baptized and when he the day he got baptized Somebody he didn't know came up and said to him, you saved my life. And he was like, what are you talking about? He had decided to go to a different church and went to the church that Paul had accidentally gone to. And when he heard his testimony of Joseph Smith in the Book of Mormon, he was like, God knows me and I need to go back to church. Or I need to go back to my church. And like, what a crazy story, first of all. Oh, absolutely. Um. But also I think about the things that have happened in my life that have fallen on a day that I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Like, that's so crazy. And so that's kind of the other question I wanted to ask. Um, 
I know we only have a few minutes before you need to go. But, um, sorry, <laughs> it cut us off recording. And I don't know why it cut us off recording because it's like, oh, you're done after an hour. We we're only at 50 minutes. So I don't know why it stopped. And I didn't only at 50 minutes. 50 minutes. <laughs> I'm watching too much British television lately. <clears throat> anyway, um, I know oh, it's a few minutes till you have to go, but I have one more question and then we can wrap okay. up. Okay, perfect. Um, how have things fallen on a day for you? Do you have <laughs> any? I know you have many examples. I have yeah. I have many examples, but I want to hear your story. Um, oh gosh. Can I? Okay, this is a good example. I I I've had many examples and a few times recently but um I and you know this but I was very very close to my grandma and um she passed away like six years ago and so it's always a really really hard day for me but um her funeral was packed with people my grandmother was the most Christ-like person you will ever meet. I mean, there are people there that went, she was my babysitter when I was five. And these people are like 40, 50 years old. These like, oh, she was my Cub Scout leader. And I just adored her. And like, I'm grateful I get to be here. Like it was, it was packed. And it was so cool to look and see all the people that she had impacted because the grandchildren had to go up and sing. AKA me and my brother had to sing because our cousins were like, six when it happened <laughs> so none of them can like you know project their voices in different things but um I remember sitting there or standing there and there was a lot of people it was very overwhelming for many reasons and I was crying and Parker was crying while we we're trying to sing the song and like carry the grandchildren you know and I look out and in the very very back I see one of my dearest friends who has never met my grandma, who, um, who had, who had never met my grandpa or anything and only knew me and only knew my parents and only knew my brother. And I remember going after and, um, and I saw, I saw her during the musical number. Cause when I sat down, I was in the front with the family and I remember going, um, outside sorry I'm getting very emotional but I remember going outside and she came up behind me and I turned around and she threw her arms around my neck and hugged me for such a long time and um eventually she let me go and I looked at her and I'm like what are you doing here and she said well I'm here for you so you don't have to go through this day by yourself and I said okay and I'm like but you don't know my grandma and she said, no, but I know you. And I know that I love you. And so I will be here with you today. And I just, I, I bawled. And like, I still, I am right now crying. Because that's probably when, been one of the strongest times I have ever felt the Savior. I have ever felt the atonement. And that came from somebody else. 
And there was no there for her. She was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go because my friend is hurting. And like, this is a way that I can help take care of her. And um, I guess like to sum up my thought and like your question, I guess, um, if you don't mind, <laughs> um, is in the second to last paragraph. Um, he talks about, um, well, we can remember Nephi's response when we faced, when faced with something he didn't understand. While he didn't know the meaning of all things, he knew that God loves his children. And when I had that experience with my friend, I felt so loved by my Heavenly Father. I knew that he loved me because I was one of his children. Absolutely. I love that. I also have many experiences with things happening in the exact time that they're supposed to. And it's helped me, those experiences have helped me have a lot of faith when mm-hmm. times like now roll around and I don't know it's on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's out of my control. It's out of my husband's control. It's out of everybody's control what's happening in the world and what's happening in our lives I can look back on those times and be like but I know I know that God has something he's got something and I don't know what it is um but I know that I will look back in two months a year 10 years and be like ah that's why it happened right then yeah absolutely and that's amazing um so yeah anyway (laughs) i'm trying to give like a really short example but i have so many um literally everything there was one this is kind of a random one and not as sweet and adorable as yours um My last semester of my associate's degree, I I studied abroad in England. And um, something that was really important to me and was really amazing and made me a lot less nervous than I probably would have been. I mean, I was already anxious because I'm an anxious being. But I was less anxious because I knew that there was a church in Canterbury. I knew there was a ward. I knew where the church building was. I knew exactly where it was going to be and where I could go on the first Sunday that I was there. Spoiler alert, I did not go the first Sunday I was there because I was so jet-lagged that I slept until <laughs> noon. <laughs> That's fair. But I went the next Sunday. And so, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, hey, if I don't make any friends at school, if I don't meet anybody, because I'm really bad at, like, going up and, you know, introducing myself to people, um, I at least can go to church. And even though, even if there's no YSA, there's nobody my age... If there's no missionaries in the ward for whatever reason, then, like, at least I have somewhere safe I can go every week. Well, I ended up being really tight with all the OISA there. There's only, like, four of us. But they were awesome. And uh, one of the sisters that was serving in the ward was from my home stake. <laughs> she gave a talk on the first Sunday I was there. And she's like, yeah, I'm from Chicago. And yada, yada, yada. And I had told somebody that I was from near Chicago because nobody knows where my hometown is. And um, they were like, oh, I wonder if you guys know each other. And I was like, first of all, 
Um, Chicago is like 3 million people. So even if we both did live in Chicago, I don't think we'd know each other. And also, I don't live in Chicago. I like, well, whatever. She's from Illinois. So like, we can bond over that at least. And, you know, over about a five minute conversation, we realized that um, actually we did know each other. Kind of. We'd gone to girls camp together. Um, she'd been my sister's YCL at girls camp. I kind of knew her. She was like a couple years older than me. So I didn't super know her well. She wasn't in my year or anything. Um, but I knew of her and I thought it was the coolest thing that God was like, oh yes, you need someone from home. And, you know, we didn't get super tight or anything, but it was so nice to know that like, but was, she was there when you needed somebody. There. Yeah. And same thing happened. I went to Dublin for a weekend trip. Uh, one of the elders at the ward I went to there was from Iowa. I only talked to him for like 30 minutes or 30 minutes for like 30 seconds. Um, and I left right after sacrament meeting, but like we bonded for a sec because the Midwest and then it's I went the to Midwest. the Midwest and then I went to Paris for a weekend and I went to the Paris temple um, and they have a really cool visitor center in there. And one of the sisters was from near where my grandma lives in California and spoke English, which was great because I don't know French. And so we talk, I talked to her and I talked to her companion who was also from the States and they were super excited that I was going to put my mission papers in and just like little itty bitty things like that, that when I look back, I'm like, wow, I really needed that. I really needed to know that I wasn't alone and that like I was in a weird foreign country, but that God was still looking out for me. Absolutely. Um, and it's, uh, it's very true. So anyway, yeah. um, my that's all we have. My two questions, I always recap my questions at the end. So um Yeah, of course. One was who in your life is your Benjamin? And we'll have to explain that when I do my caption. <laughs> um and then how have things fallen on a day for you? Um mm. and I think those two questions are really good to think about. But anyway. Yeah. Um and then of course anything that you're prompted to study further or questions that came into your mind um as we have been rambling on for like an hour now um also pay attention to those because they're also very important but thank you for being here and doing an episode with you with me yeah of course very much fun anytime so much fun (laughs) but um yes so i will put your guys's podcast and i'll put our member monologues account awesome the thing uh is there anything else anywhere else you want them to find you um not really cool. <laughs> uh well i'll talk to you later so much for listening to this episode of general confidence conversations be sure to follow and share us on um, any social media and if you like the show feel free to leave us a review or tell your friends until next time